Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book Revelation, and we have read chapter 2, and now we're ready to read chapter 3. In chapter 2, the Lord was giving John his messages. Well, actually, okay, he's sharing this. He was giving these messages to the angels of the churches, but he's sharing this with John so that it would be shared with us, so that we would know these messages and know about these. So, he's sharing the messages of the different churches. And the last message was to, I mean, well, okay, the message of Theatira. Was the message to Theatira, and uh, he's going to continue on with the other messages for the other churches. Because these messages are, they're, they're a combination of their, their praise, but then they're also correction, and then there's also a promise associated with them. And I think we need to look at each of these messages as messages to us, to us as individuals and us as groups, as congregations. I think we need to look at these and make sure that we're following all of these appropriately and doing correctly. So, we're here ready to read Revelation chapter 3. I am reading in the Amplified Bible, and I'm going to start here in verse 1. To the angel, divine messenger of the church in Sardis, write, These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a name, reputation, that you are alive. But in reality, you are dead. Wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains of your faithful commitment to me, which is about to die. For I have not found any of your deeds completed in the sight of my God or meeting his requirements. So remember and take to heart the lessons you have received and heard. Keep and obey them and repent. Change your sinful way of thinking and demonstrate your repentance with new behavior that proves a conscious decision to turn away from sin. So then, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you still have a few people in Sardis who have not sold their clothes, that is, contaminated their character and personal integrity with sin. And they will walk with me dressed in white because they are worthy, righteous. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God will accordingly be dressed in white clothing, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. And I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my Father and before his angels, saying that he is one of mine. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. So this message to the church at Sardis, you know, this is to make sure, he says, I know your deeds, that you have a name, a reputation that you are alive. But he says, but you're, you're dead, you're not alive. Wake up and strengthen and reaffirm what remains which is about to die. Their spirituality is about to die. They have a reputation, but they are not really spiritual. They're not really believing. They're not really acting on their belief. They are 
not alive in Christ. They are, they have gone to sleep. They have, you know. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God or meeting his requirements. So they are not actually doing anything. You know, they have a a name, they have a uh, reputation, but they're not actually doing anything. And he says, take heart. The lessons you've received and heard, keep and obey them and repent. You know, wake up and do the works of the Lord's kingdom. You know, and that's going to be a lot of things. You know, our primary mission, of course, is to spread the gospel. But we have secondary missions to help us do that because you can't just spread the gospel if you just walk up to someone who's starving and you say, hey man, you need to know about Jesus. They're going to look at you and say, no man, I need something to eat. I'm starving right now. You know, and that's what's going to be, you know, you've got to have some way, you've got to have a, an end. You've got to have a way, and I hate to make it sound like it's a business proposition, but, but to some degree, it is. You've got to be able to get someone's attention other than just telling them, they need Jesus. They've, you know, the world has already poisoned their minds against the Lord. We've got to walk up and prove to them God's love and that somebody cares and that somebody's willing to help them in their situation. Then you can speak to them about the Lord. You know, it's kind of like, I think it's in James where he says, if, you know, you don't just tell them, oh, go and go and be full, be warm. Yes, go and be warm. You're you're living on the street with no other option during the winter time, but but go and be warm, you know. We've got to do more than that. We've got to do something. We've got to try to be a part of a solution to help people. Um So, and it sounds like they were just dead. They're just asleep. They're just waiting waiting on the Lord, but not in the best way. While we're waiting for the Lord, we should be doing his business. We should be working, you know. And he says, but, you know, if you do not, if you don't wake up and do, then then I'm just going to show up like a thief and, you know, you don't know when and you'll be found lacking is the, is the implication. You'll be found lacking. But he does say they have people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, who have not fallen into any kind of, uh, you know, sinful behavior, who have not fallen into sin. Um, not that they haven't made mistakes or sinned. We all have that. But they're they're not falling into habitual sin. They've not fallen away or slid down uh, the path where they are off the path or asleep on the side of the road. Or, you know, they've not spiritually fallen asleep. They're staying alert. They're staying in God's will. And they're doing his work and and working in his fields, working in the kingdom. And then he promises, he who overcomes, he who stays. He says, they, well, let me back up a second. They, he says, you, there are some who have not sold their clothes, who have not fallen into sin and not, you know, given up or gone to sleep. And they will walk with him. In why? Because they're worthy. And he says, he who overcomes will accordingly be dressed in white clothing, and he will never blot their name from the book of life. He will confess and openly acknowledge these people before God and before the angels. 
In other words, he will be claiming us as his own if we will stay awake and stay in his business and stay, you know, keep working for him. Keep working, working for the Lord, for God. And, uh, and he will, you know, as we acknowledge the Lord and God before others, he will acknowledge us before God. We will be claimed as one of Jesus' own. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, the next message is to Philadelphia. I'm going to start in chapter, I mean, verse 7. That's uh, still chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel, divine messenger of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of the Holy One, the True One, He who has the key to the house of David, He who opens and no one will be able to shut, and He who shuts and no one opens. I know your deeds. See, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut, for you have a little power, and have kept my word, and have not denounced or denied my name. Take note, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet, and make them know without any doubt that I have loved you. Because you have kept the word of my endurance, my command to persevere, I will keep you safe from the hour of trial, that hour which is about to come on the whole inhabited world, to test those who live on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold tight what you have, so that no one will take your crown by leading you to renounce the faith. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will most certainly never be put out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which descends out of heaven from God, and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. Now here, the Lord is commending these people at the church of Philadelphia. He's saying, I know your deeds. I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. It's an opportunity. And he says, for you have a little power. You have kept my word. You have not renounced or denied my name. So, he's going to make those other people pay, these people who are from the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews but lie, they will come down and bow to these people that they have been slandering and persecuting, so that they will know that these people were right and that they were loved by God, loved by the Lord, because they kept his word. You know, they kept his word even through this uh, this, this trial, this uh, tribulation, this, uh, pers- this uh, persecution. They persevered through that persecution. So, he says, I will keep you safe from the hour. Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I will keep you safe from the hour of trial. That hour which is about to come on the whole world. So he's going to keep them safe. They're not going to go through that trial. He says, I'm coming quickly. Hold tight to what you have so no one will take your crown. In other words, 
Hold tight to your faith and your belief in God. Do not let go of that. Do not relinquish that. If you will hold on to that, then you will be a pillar in the temple. And it is... To be a pillar in the temple would be a very strong support, a very... It's it's an honor. It's a place... It's a thing of honor, but it's also a thing of strength. You would... It's like being a pillar of the community. You'd be a pillar in the temple of God. You would be one of the strong supports of the temple. And if you just think about that, that, that would be an honor and an important thing. And... I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. So, the people of Philadelphia, I see only good here. I really don't see anything bad. He's, uh, he knows their deeds. He knows they are, they are enduring and persevering persecution and that he will watch out for them and take care of them and he will set them up as pillars of the of the temple they will be you know they will be part of that strong support for the temple of god okay so picking up in verse 14 this is the message to laodicea now i was saying laodicea but from what i've seen and 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 listened to and read um the pronunciation should probably be Laodicea, at least that's the accepted pronunciation from what I can tell. I still may not be getting it exactly right, so bear with me. But picking up from verse 14. To the angel, divine messenger of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the trusted and faithful and true witness, the beginning and origin of God's creation. In other words, this is from the Lord. This is from Jesus, the God. Uh, The Lord, our God. This is from Jesus. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold, invigorating, refreshing, nor hot, healing, therapeutic. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, spiritually useless, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. Because you say, I am rich, and have prospered, and grown wealthy, and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot, and refined by fire, so that you may become truly rich." and white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen, and healing salve to put on your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love I rebuke and discipline, showing them their faults and instructing them. So be enthusiastic and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down beside my Father on his throne. 
He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. So the Lord is telling them that he knows their deeds, that they are neither hot nor cold. They are lukewarm. They are neither here nor there. They're not, you know, they're not doing or in any way spiritually, they're not spiritually active, basically. They are very blah, very middle of the road. They are, you know, you can look at this as they are not, like it says here, they're not cold, invigorating, or refreshing. They're not hot, healing, or therapeutic. Also, you could look at that and say, well, they're not, they're neither greatly against or greatly for God. They're just kind of like, eh, in the middle. They're just hanging out, doing whatever, you know. So, you can look at that a couple of different ways, but nonetheless, they're neither one or the other. They're just in the middle. They're just blah. They're they're not really doing anything. They feel like they are complete because they say, I am rich. I have prospered and grown wealthy and have need of nothing. I don't need God. So I'm just hanging out. I don't need anything. So I'm just hanging out. I'm just resting on my laurels. I've done everything I need to do. Obviously, I'm in this great place. I, I have everything I need and everything I want, so I must be complete and done, and I'm ready. I'm ready for the Lord. But that is not the way we're supposed to be. If you compare readiness to some of the parables that Jesus gave, the readiness involved making sure we had our oil, making sure we had our spirits and our, you know, our light, our love of God lit, meaning that we are actively doing things and we're not just sitting back kind of like in resting on our laurels and expecting past deeds to carry us through. No, we have to continually be active. We have to keep keep going. You know, they've gotten to a certain point where they're like, eh, we're we're good. We're successful. We've done what we need to do. So now they're neither hot nor cold. They're not spiritually useful in any way. They're are just there. They're just blah. We've made it. We're done. And he says, no, no, no. You are not. You're actually wretched. You're miserable and poor and you just don't know it. And you're blind to the truth about yourself spiritually. You're spiritually blind to the truth because they don't see and recognize that they are just lukewarm. You know, they think they've made it. They've fallen for some deception, you know, uh, and they believe they have been prospered and they're wealthy and they don't need anything else. So they think, oh, we're good. We're done. We don't need to do anything further. But instead, you know, the Lord is warning them that that's, that's wrong. And he's telling them to buy from him gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you become truly rich. Well, what they need to get from the Lord is that love of God, that spiritual, you know, spirituality of love, the love of God, so that they will be, they will be hot. They won't be lukewarm, but they will be hot. They will be on fire for God. They will be, you know, spending that love. If you want to think of that love as being this gold that's been heated hot and refined, then they will be spending that love helping others. They will be 
spending their time helping others and continuing to spread the gospel. Um, because it, it goes hand in hand. We're going to be helping and doing for others, but we're also going to be spreading the gospel too. It's just a good way to spread the gospel is to also help and show God's love and care for others. That's, that's the door in to sharing the gospel. If you're just telling people that, oh, well, you know, here's the gospel, God loves you, and yet you have nothing practical of practical value to help them with or to show them his love in this world, then is what you're saying, is it really even true? I mean, they're going to question that totally. They're not going to, they're not going to buy into that or believe that. Whereas if you have that love, that act of love that God gives, you know, God gave Jesus to us. Jesus came and made that sacrifice for us when we were still sinners. And that's how we have to reach out to people when they're still sinners. We can't wait till they come to the church. We can't wait till they're a member of the church. We have to go to them before, just like our, our God, the Father, did. We have to reach out to them before they're Christians, before they believe. So, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track a little bit there, I think. But nonetheless, he's counseling them to make sure that they have their spirituality, that they get on fire for God and for that love of God and that righteousness, you know to clothe themselves in, so the shame of your nakedness will not be seen. So what are they doing when they're resting on their laurels, when they're just sitting back, oh, I don't need to do anything? No doubt they're slipping into sin. No doubt they're slipping into doing things and thinking things and actively doing things they shouldn't be doing. And make sure you get some healing salve, in other words, to put on your eyes so that you can see. Make sure that your eyes are open, that you're getting the word of God in there and that you're paying attention. You know, he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So he's telling us this because he loves us. We need to not sit back and rest on our laurels just because we're like, oh, I don't need anything anymore. I've got everything I need. I've done everything I need to do. I'm just going to coast. I'm just going to let everything slide and just I'm just going to slide into heaven. That's not the way it works at all, and that is totally the wrong attitude. We've got to still be looking to help others, to spread the gospel, to do all these good things, to show God's love here. You know, that's got to be a continual theme, something we always do. We can't just let our past deeds, like I say, slide us in. You know, we don't want to just barely squeak in, um, more than likely you won't squeak in because your attitude will become wrong and you will, you know, it will change over time and, and that will affect you. And, you know, if you get, once you wander off the narrow path, you know, you really have to get yourself back on it. I mean, you can't just, you know, think that, well, I was on it for a while, so I'm okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's a, we have to try to stay faithful for life. We have to continue on. And it's really not that difficult, but we do. It, it has its challenges. Yeah, I mean, I say, it, I say it's not that difficult. It is difficult, and it's not difficult. Okay? If we love God and keep our focus on the Lord, it's not too difficult. What is difficult is when we allow ourselves to get distracted and, distracted and, and get off track. 
and then it can be difficult to get back on track. And that's something here. These people, you know, they made it so far and they're like, oh, we've got it. You know, we're good. Yeah, you go ahead, Jesus. We'll, we'll catch up with you later. We're good. We're, we're fine right here, right now. We're just fine right here. But we can't do that. We've got to keep moving. We've got to keep going forward. Now, then, now this is, these are verses that we've heard and, and we know have been used before, but here, the Lord is saying, you know, repent, you know, become enthusiastic, fire yourself up, get in the Word, and stay fired up for Lord, the Lord, and stay fired up for God, and for showing that love and care to others. You know, and showing that good moral standing, too. I mean, part of it is loving and caring, but part of it is, you know, the good moral standing of God, showing all these things that are, that really are good, that we should be following. So we should be enthusiastic, and we should repent for our wrongdoing, for our lackluster performance, for our slacking off. And we do. We get tired. We're, you know, some days we have a bad day, and we kind of slack off, and Okay, but let's get back on that horse and keep riding every day that we can. You know, we're, we're going to have days and times maybe where we don't do so well, but we can continue to work at it. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and restore him and he with me. Now this is, now this is the door of the church, but I'm going to tell you, this is the door of our hearts. Jesus is saying, look, I am always here. I'm always knocking at the door to your heart if you will just let me in. And I mean, do we get up every day? Do we get up and open that door to him? Or do we get up and say, oh, Jesus, I, I'm not in the mood today, man. I just don't feel like it. I need to just, I need to just sit back and relax and crash. You know, you know what? You can let Jesus in and you can still tell him, look, I'm, I'm tired. I need to just take a break. Let the Lord take a break with you. It's okay. You know, don't close the door on him. Don't close him out. You don't need to shut him out just so you can, you know, relax for a little bit or take a break. You know, everything we do, we should be able to do, you know, with the Lord, to the Lord, for the Lord. You know, even when we take a break and we like, you know, I need a break. I'm just going to go. I don't know. I mean, one of one of the things we've done recently is we went uh, to a like a, a park and we just went and just, you know, did a little walking in the woods and just appreciating uh, the nature of the things that God has created for us and that the Lord has done for us. Just, you know. Just looking at that and getting some appreciation for it. And it's good to renew ourselves and think about, you know, all that God does for us and for this planet, for all of us. And uh, that's one way which we can, you know, you can take a break and you can get rejuvenated a little bit. But take the Lord with you. Don't leave him at home. Don't just say, well... You know what, Jesus, I'll be back in a few days. No, take him with you. Go ahead. You know, have the Lord with you. Have the word with you. Everywhere you go and everything you do, that's how we should be. And if we're not, if we feel like we're doing something that we don't want the Lord to see, which, by the way, he does always see, always. 
there's nothing. He's always there, ready to help us. Um, but, you know, then we're probably doing something wrong. So, you know, and it's fine to take a break. God rested as an example to give us an example that, hey, occasionally you need to take a break. You need to take a rest. You know, so rest in the Lord, rest in God, you know, take a little time. Some days a good rest is to take a little time and study the word, you know, read about something interesting that you want to know more about or, you know, you want to find out more in the word. That can be a rest and that can be rejuvenating. And he's trying to get them to, hey, let me in, let me in and I will restore you. It's like they've locked him out because if you read this letter, because, you know, they've they've said, oh, we don't need anything. Thank you anyway, Jesus. Just go ahead and you go on and help those other folks. We're in good shape here, you know, but but they're not. And he's like, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here for you to help you to restore you. And. We do similarly. I still say that all these letters apply to us as much as they apply to these churches that Jesus is sending them to. I think they all apply to us as well. And that's how we need to read these and think about these. And finally, he gives us this promise that if we overcome, if we will follow his directions here, his instructions, and and do as we should do, and let him in to restore us. And then we will overcome the world through him, with him, but through him, through what he has already done, then he will grant us the privilege of sitting beside him on his throne. So, that sounds like a great and wonderful promise to me. I would love to see what things are like, like that. So, the idea of sitting with him on his throne would be would just be fantastic and i'm i'm just thinking of just anyway i don't know i it's kind of hard to describe but i mean i'm kind of thinking of just being able to see and know and just be there and experience that for just a few moments that would be i would think remarkable so all right <clears throat> so that is the end of revelation 3 that is the letter to Sardis, the letter to Philadelphia, and the letter to Laodicea. Now, in the next chapter, we're going to move on past the letters. But, of course, there's going to be, you know, scenes that, uh, that are going to happen with some certain imagery and all. But we're going to move on past these letters, and we're going to go in, get into more, well more of the revelation now there's going to be a lot of imagery and things and I'm, I'm not going to claim to know things that i don't know so we're just going to take this a step at a time but i think it's very clear if we read the first few chapters here of revelation that we should definitely be taking each of these letters and these messages to the churches we should be taking this very personally very personally and looking at this and evaluating ourselves and saying, hey, is this me or is this our group? Do we need to do better in these things? Do we need to improve in these things? Are we sitting back resting on our laurels? Have we become lukewarm where we're not on fire for God, where we're not sharing 
uh, God's love with others, you know? So it's it's things we need. It's a lot of self-evaluation. It's things we need, really need to look at and evaluate ourselves for. All right. So again, that was the end of Revelation chapter 3. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.